Thank you for that prayer, Nick. I appreciate it this morning. Before we begin, or I begin to share from the word this morning, I do want to introduce our guest this morning during the Sunday school hour. Um, we all met in the auditorium, and Josh and Beth Pollock, they are missionaries with ABWE. Josh is a surgeon at Hope Hospital in Togo, Africa. And I'm going to just have you two just stand right here so that you know who they are. Okay? Good. Thank you. And uh, they're going to be out after the service at their table in the foyer. And we really encourage you to get to know them. We did live stream their ministry presentation so that you can watch that. Um, And that is important because at our quarterly business meeting, Lord willing, at our quarterly business meeting in October... Uh, We will be voting on them for possible financial support. Um, So if you want to know about them, which you should before you cast your vote, um, you can go um, on our live stream on our website and and watch their presentation. Excellent presentation and grateful for them and looking forward to the possibility of partnering with them. Well, if you're visiting with us this morning, I am preaching through a sermon series on the attributes of God. We're looking at the sixth attribute. I had an introductory message. Now I'm on the sixth of 15 attributes of God. And this morning we are looking at the omniscience, the omniscience of God. So for three weeks... Last week, this week, and next week, we are looking at what are known as the omni, the omni attributes of God. Last week was God's omnipresence, this week his omniscience, next week his omnipotence. The Latin prefix omni simply means all. So God is all present, God is all knowing, God is all powerful. And this morning, God is all-knowing. And the passage that I've chosen to use is actually a passage that I referred to when we looked at the sovereignty of God a few weeks ago. It is Isaiah chapter 46 and verses 8 through 10. We're going to look at a number of texts this morning, but this will be our primary passage of Scripture, Isaiah chapter 46 and verses 8 through 10. The Lord is speaking, and he says, Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Well, our first point this morning is all knowing. Omniscience means that God is all knowing and there is nothing that God does not know. By this truth, we mean that God possesses all knowledge in his mind. God knows 
everything about everything in the entire universe. He possesses infinite knowledge of the past. He possesses infinite knowledge of the present. And he possesses infinite knowledge of the future. God never learns anything. That in and of itself is an astounding thought this morning. God never learns anything because he already knows everything. Nothing new ever enters God's mind. Nothing new because he already knows it. Nothing ever suddenly dawns on God. Nothing ever catches him off guard. You may be familiar with the old saying, has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? And that is true. Nothing ever occurs. Oh, it occurred to me that never happens with God. He knows all things in advance. He knows what we will say before we even say it. He knows all things eternally. He knows all things perfectly. He knows things all he knows thing all things, excuse me, immediately, and he knows all things comprehensively. This is the omniscience of God. Now, if you've ever done a study on this attribute, the omniscience of God, there are many aspects of it, many angles that you can come at in understanding the omniscience of God. We are going to focus on three this morning. We're going to look at God's exhaustive knowledge. We are going to look at God's eternal knowledge. And we are going to look at God's specific knowledge. Now, there are other fascinating ways you can look at the omniscience and knowledge of God. For example, and we're not even really going to get into this this morning, did you know that God knows perfectly what would have happened if you made a different decision? So you made a choice, and if you'd made the other choice, he knows perfectly what would have happened if you'd made the other choice. So he knows every possibility of every option we're ever given. But we'll start with his exhaustive knowledge. God's knowledge is exhaustive, which means that God knows everything down to the smallest detail. He knows everything about everything right down to the smallest detail. I'm going to use a passage of scripture, Romans 11, 33 through 36, that I actually used as my main text when we looked at the aseity of God, the first attribute we looked at, the aseity of God is God's self-existence. This is a great passage. Danelle, up here this morning, actually recited this passage, worked perfectly for the message this morning. As I mentioned before, and if you're familiar with the book of Romans, chapters 9 through 11, are an amazing part of the book of Romans, but it is not easy. Deep thoughts about the mercy of God. Deep thoughts about God's relationship with Israel. 
And Paul comes to the end of this section, Romans chapters 9 through 11, and these important, amazing, but difficult thoughts. And it's as if he cries out, Romans eleven thirty three through 6, Oh, the depth, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Oh, the depth, the bottomless depth of God's wisdom, the bottomless depth of God's knowledge. His judgments are unsearchable. They are so great, so vast, that they are unsearchable. His ways are inscrutable. If you're not familiar with the word inscrutable, you can look it up. It means impossible, impossible to fully understand or interpret. Impossible to fully understand the ways of the Lord. Who has known the mind of the Lord? No one has. Who has been his counselor? Who counsels the one who knows everything about everything? No one does. God doesn't owe us anything. No one's ever given something to him that he has to repay. And then that closing verse, for from him and through him and to him are all things, are all things. It means that everything finds its eternal reference point in God. All things are from him. He is the means of all things. Everything is through him. He is the end of all things. His glory is the end of all things. To him are all things. And so Paul says, to him be glory. To him be glory forever. Amen. We looked at this when we looked at the sovereignty of God, but God numbers and names all of the stars, the number of which is incalculable. He numbers and names every single one of the stars. That's just not, that's not metaphorical, that is literal. He numbers every hair upon our heads. Not even a sparrow falls apart from the Lord's knowledge. It reminds us of that great modern hymn that we so love to sing as a church. In fact, we're going to close with this. Behold our God. And you know, it's interesting as I preach through the attributes of God, every one of them could end with the song, Behold our God. I mean, that's just, that song is just so filled with good biblical and theological content. But just think of part of what it says. Who has numbered every grain of sand? 
Who has given counsel to the Lord? Who can question any of his words? Who can teach? Who can teach the one who knows all things? Who can fathom all of his wondrous deeds? He sees all the actions of every person in every place. He views all the paths that we are going to take. He views all the works that we accomplish. God sees it all. He understands all of our works. He understands your heart. He understands every one of your motives. He understands the ambitions behind your works. He sees it all. He sees it all. And it is so comforting to know that he knows me. We'll look at this more in a little bit. But that he knows me and he knows my heart. And even when others misunderstand me, even when others have misconceptions about me, God knows the truth. People may say things about me that aren't true. People may completely misunderstand what I said or the intention of what I said. But God understands my heart. He knows the truth. And I rest in that. But this is also very convicting. Because sometimes people think more highly of me than they should. And they think more highly of you than they should. But God knows the truth. He knows what's hidden in your heart. He knows what you're thinking in your mind at all times. He always knows the truth. So God's knowledge is exhaustive. Second, eternal and personal. God's knowledge is eternal, which means that everything God knows, he has known from before the foundation of the world. Now, that is absolutely mind-boggling, and it is supposed to be, and it is supposed to be a source for you to worship, praise, honor him, and glorify him. He has known everything about everything, even from before the foundation of the world. There has not been a succession of acquired knowledge by God along the way. God doesn't learn anything new, as I mentioned before. We acquire knowledge. We go to kindergarten. Then we go to first grade. And then we go to second grade and so on. And then we go to middle school. Then we go to high school. Then some of us go on to college. Then some of us go on to graduate school. And even as we grow older, we keep acquiring more knowledge, learning new things. It's one of the things I'm absolutely fascinated by. At my age, I'm still learning new things. Things I didn't know before. And every, every adult here could say, boy, I know a whole lot more than I did when I was 10 years old. Not with God. God has always known everything. From before the foundation of the world. And that brings us to our main passage this morning, Isaiah 46, verses 8 through 10. The Lord is 
speaking to us through his word, by the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. It is verse 10 that I really want us to hone in on this morning. God declares the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. What defines God as saying? How can God say there is no one like me? What sets God apart that there is no one like him? Now, we could say every single attribute sets him apart so that there is no one like him. We could say that. But verse 10, perhaps more than anything else, specifically sets God apart from us as being totally different from what we are. He declares the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done. His counsel shall stand and he will accomplish his purpose. God can stand at the beginning and does stand at the beginning and has stood at the beginning and looks all the way to the end and declares what the end will be and by implication, everything in between. Before the foundation of the world, God looked through time and he knows all of it. He knows all of it. The future is completely in his hands. He already knows. You know, we like to say kind of glibly sometimes that in the end, God wins. Well, not only does he win, he knows it all from before the foundation of the world. He has set it in place from the foundation of the world. If you can declare the end, you know everything that leads up to the end, and all of this from the very beginning, all of this from ancient times. What confidence, what confidence we should have in our God that he has known all that he knows from eternity past. Boy, and I just want you to bathe in that this morning, to bask in that this morning. He knows everything about everything, past, present, and future. But God's knowledge is not only exhaustive and eternal, but also very personal and penetrating. God's knowledge is specific. 
And I have said right from the beginning of this sermon series, I don't want this to simply be an academic intellectual exercise in the attributes of God. I want this to be very personal and very real for each and every one of us. He specifically knows everything about you. He knows everything about everything in the universe and he knows everything about everything in your life. Boy, the classic passage on this is Psalm 139, verses 1 through 4. Psalm 139 is a phenomenal psalm. I mean, they all are, but if you've ever spent time in Psalm 139, if you've ever tried to memorize Psalm 139, it is well worth all the effort that you put into it. Just last week, if you remember, one of the passages we used was Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Nowhere. Nowhere. And verses 1 through 4, O Lord, You have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You know it already. Lord, you have searched me and you know me. Later in the Psalms, David said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And when you pray that prayer, he will answer that prayer. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down. You know when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. And I know that you've heard this from the time that you were a child. But don't ever lose the soberness of it and the wonder of it. God knows everything you're thinking all the time. Your thoughts are never, ever, ever hidden from him. He knows what you're thinking right now. As you sit in this auditorium, as I'm preaching, he knows where your mind is. He knows exactly, exactly what you're thinking. You search out my path and my lying down. So he knows when I sit down. He knows when I rise up. He knows when I lie down. That pretty much covers it all. That's simply metaphorical language for saying he knows Everything you do all the time. He is acquainted with all your ways. And even before you speak, behold, you know it all together. Wow. I say to myself, boy, Tim, be careful what you say. I say to all of you, be careful what you say. Because he knows what you're going to say, even before you say it. 
God sees what no person can see. God sees through walls. God sees through your outward facade. God sees through the masks that we wear. You may think you're hiding from us. I may think I'm hiding from you, but never from God. Never. God sees things that are done in darkness. Okay? No one ever looks at that computer screen alone. No one ever has an affair and is alone. As I've shared with you before, you can lock up all your doors, pull all your curtains and shades, turn off all your lights, and he is right there with you. He sees everything. He sees everything. He sees into the depths of your heart. Right now, God knows what is truly there. We think of that famous passage in 1 Samuel 16, 7. It's not on the screen. Many of you know it well. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. God does see our outward appearance, but he plunges so much deeper than that. God sees into the very secret places of your heart. God sees it all, and he knows it all. Not only does he see into us, he sees through us. Now, in the weeks to come, we're gonna, one of the attributes we're going to look at is the love of God. But I want you to think this morning. The omniscience of God speaks so highly of God's love for us. Did you know God knows the very worst about you? And he loves you. He knows the very worst about me and he loves me. He knows those angry thoughts you have. He knows those lustful thoughts that you have. He knows those bitter thoughts that you have. He knows those envious thoughts that you have. I said that God sees things that are done in the darkness. Again, Psalm 139, verse 12, not on the screen, but this is what it says. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day. Darkness is as light with you. Wow. And I want you to think with me this morning of like the darkest place you've ever been. Cloud cover. Middle of the night. Can't see the moon. Can't see the stars. It's just so dark. You know, we use that term. You can feel the darkness. Can't even hardly see in front of your nose. It's so dark. That darkness is as bright as the most sun-filled day to God. It's as if a, it's a cloudless day in perfectly bright sunshine to him. He sees everything in the darkness. And as we kind of bring this to a close this morning, I want to challenge you with this thought. The omniscience of God can revolutionize your prayer life. The omniscience of God can revolutionize your prayer life. 
You know, sometimes when we pray to God, we think we're informing him of things that he didn't know about. And I don't say this in a critical way, so please, please don't take it that way. But sometimes when I hear people pray, they're like telling God all the things going on in their life. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I want you to know he he knows. He knew before you started praying. He knows every day what's going on in your life. Sometimes we treat prayers as if God's been preoccupied with something more important. And you're just kind of waiting your turn so that you can pray. Kind of like you're at the Secretary of State's office. And you go in and you pick your number. Okay, and you got number 47, and so you're waiting. You're waiting till they call number 47. And so God finally calls number 47, and you go and tell him everything that's going on in your life as if he didn't know. I want you to know he does know. And again, there's nothing wrong with reciting that, but know that he already knows. You can say, God, I know you know. You know what? God knows you're lonely. He knows that. He knows you're discouraged. God knows that you're suffering with panic attacks. God knows that illness that you're going through right now. God knows that you're having a conflict with someone at work. God knows that you're going through some financial struggles, some financial hard times. He knows. You can come to him and say, God, you already know all of this, and I lay it before you and I cry out to you. I cry out to you as the one who knows all things. Did you know God knows what's around the corner? God sees what I don't see. God knows the best answer to my prayer before I even pray. God takes everything into account. I mean everything as I lay my requests and petitions before him. He knows. I loved what one writer said. I haven't been good at this, but I loved what he said. He said, let us thank God for unanswered prayer. Because when God doesn't answer your prayer, it's because he knows that there's something better. He knows that was not what's best. And oftentimes, God is protecting us from ourselves. God protects us from ourselves because he has perfect knowledge. Wow. You know, I think it's good to pray, Lord, Here's my prayer. But if you have something better for me, I want that. If you know this is going to be harmful for me, keep me from it. Lord, I want what you want. Lord, lead me in your path. Oh, I tell you this morning, God knows it all. He knows everything about everything in the universe, and he knows everything about everything everything in your life right now so you can trust him 
You can trust him with the big things, and you can trust him even with the very smallest things. God knows it all. Praise him for that. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you are an omniscient God. We praise you that nothing is hidden from you. Lord, help us to come before you with reverence and help us to come before you with praise. May we find great comfort in the fact that you know everything about us. And may we be humble and broken before you because you already know everything in our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.